All right, so um, we had a good week, right? Yeah, we ready to, to continue on in our, uh, our, our puzzle series? Uh, so let, let, let's, let's do this. Let, let's enter back into the, the, the mindset of where we're at, what we're doing, why we're doing this. Uh, remember the, 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 puzzle, um, the, the puzzle pieces here that, that um, I'm providing to you each week um, is going to come together and it's going to make a picture. Give us a, 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 um, uh, a picture on the box, right? When we, we put puzzles together, other than Ogre, because Ogre, uh, uh, he, he expressed his disdain uh, for puzzles to me. Um, which, whatever, he's kind of special. Um, it's a lot of, cut. He, I cut, he, he takes scissors and makes all the, the pieces square and he doesn't figure out why they doesn't look right. Um, his words, not mine. So, but, but usually when you put a puzzle together, you have the box, right? You have the picture and what you're looking at so you know how the puzzle goes together. We're doing, we're doing it in an odd way as we probably would here at LifePoint. Uh, we're not looking at the picture um, to put the puzzle together. We're putting the puzzle together to reveal the picture. So the, 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 um, the, the messages over the next few weeks are, are pieces to this puzzle, and there will be a picture in which I, I think that... Um, I'm pretty sure that, that most of you, you'll get the, what the, the, the picture is next week, um, but maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but, but the following week, you definitely will see the, the, the big picture because that's when, when I'll, I'll, I'll reveal the, the big picture. But what we're doing is to, to gain these pictures or, or to gain this picture and, and to um, view these puzzle pieces is we're looking at the time um, for, for the next uh, couple weeks here of, of uh, between Jesus' death and Jesus' resurrection. And, and what, we're, what we're doing is we're, we're looking at it in the sense of the disciples are hidden away because they, they're fearing for their lives, right? It says that they, they, they were fearing, the Bible tells us they were fearing for their lives because they thought that they would be um, killed as well because they were followers of, uh, of Jesus. And uh, I thought you were coming up here to tell me something. No, I'm good? All right. Um, but so they, they, they were fearing for their life, just like I was fearing a, 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 as Derek was coming up here and I moved over here because I thought he was going to rush me. Um, because you never come up to the front. So uh, with his broke finger. All right. <laughs> but they were fearing for their life. So they were hidden away. And that time that they were away, um, I, I don't think that they just sat there in silence and solitude. I think that there was some discussion that was going on. And last week, we, we, we talked about um, some of the discussion, and we talked about how uh, the, the thoughts started to, uh, would probably start to, to, to come up, and, and um, we, we talked about the, um, the, the three times when Jesus uh, um, said, hey, I'm going to be crucified, I'm going to die, and, and the remembering of, you know, Peter, when he remembered, yeah, and he told me that, Jesus told me, get behind me, Satan, and then the other two, when, when James and John said, yeah, but uh, we were, we totally missed it as well, because, uh, uh, you know, we were trying to figure out, we were trying to, uh, to duke it out for the, the, the greatest seat in the kingdom, and, uh, and, and one account, of his, his, their, their mom gets into it, so when your mom gets into it, you know that things aren't, aren't going well. But, but they had these three accounts where, where Jesus said, I'm going to be killed, and they, didn't, they just didn't understand. And then we talked about the Bartimaeus. 
And we talked about how, how Bartimaeus was a blind beggar. He was sitting beside the road. And, and um, as Jesus went through, he cried out to Jesus and, he, and Jesus called him to uh, himself and, and um, he ends up healing him. And what we, we talked about was this is a picture of, of, of what the disciples, um, were, were, how they were acting. They were blind to see and to understand everything that Jesus was saying. So Jesus gave this, this, this representation, uh, this visual uh, for them. I had a, a cool conversation this week about that. Uh, I was talking to uh, someone that, that asked me about the, the sermon and everything. And I said, but here, look at this. Too many times what we do is we look at bad things that happen in our lives and we think that maybe we did something or, or something bad's happened because of this, that, and the other. And we fail to see that maybe it's just that, that, that it's part of God's plan. And, 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 and he looked at me like, well, and I said, just, just, just think about this. Bartimaeus was blind for all those years. Why? It's not because of anything he, he, he's done or he did. It was so that God can use him to reveal a, a greater story, a greater purpose. Now, I'm not saying that everything, every ailment, everything that, that happens is because of that, because there are things that happen uh, because you're an idiot, uh, right? <laughs> Just, just saying. But uh, the reality is, don't always. We shouldn't always look at, at bad things um, as uh, and, and label them as bad things. Look at them as opportunities for God to work. Look at them as opportunities for for God to reveal Himself. And, and last week, the piece of the puzzle that that I gave you that we we saw was the piece of the puzzle was faith. And, and we talked about how faith precedes sight. And we talked about how believers don't have, or I'm sorry, believers don't see to have faith. What, they what? Exactly. We have faith so that we can see. So faith was a huge, a, a huge portion of this. And, and the disciples, as they were up in, the, in the, the, uh, this, this room, as they were talking about it, the, the, the wheels started turning and they remembered about what Jesus said to, the, to uh, Bartimaeus about it. It's his faith that made him well. Remember we talked about, and I, I love this part about last week, it's not faith that gets us by, it's faith that makes us well, right? And, and, and so the puzzle piece was faith. And, and this week what we're going to do is we're going to go back into uh, the, the room, and, and we're going to go back into the, 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 this time. So they, they, they just got done talking about Bartimaeus, and they're, they're, they're talking about everything that, 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 that took place there. And they're thinking, okay, wait a second, what, what, what else? What else was taking place? And I think at this point, John speaks up. John was Jesus' favorite, right? At least that's the way he describes himself, right? So John speaks up and he says, wait a second, what? Man, something happened just last Sunday. It was, it was interesting. Do you remember, guys, the, 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 what, what, what took place? talking about the triumphal entry. Turn to John chapter 12. And as you're turning to John chapter 12, also turn to uh, Matthew chapter 21. Keep your finger uh, because we're going to go back and forth uh, a couple times here. Because I think that as they're sitting around, they're, they're, they're thinking, remember, they're, they're kind of, they're freaked out because they think that maybe they're going to die and they're trying to figure out, they're trying to make uh, um, uh, some kind of the, the, uh, a semblance of what, what is going on? What the heck just happened? Right? They're trying to figure out, okay, what, what, what's going on? What, what happened? Why, what, what do we do next? 
Well, let, let's read this and, and, and think about them sitting amongst themselves talking about this. In John chapter 12, John gives us this account here. It says, The next day the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. Uh, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time. Just if, if you're wondering what that feast is, do a little uh, research on, on your own here. It's a, it's a feast of, of Passover. Uh, this is a, a, a uh, it's not just a, a one day thing. It takes, it's a, it's a week long um, uh, uh, event. So these people that were, these Jewish people were in Jerusalem to observe this feast. So during the time of Passover, uh, Jerusalem went from being, you know, it, it, I, forgive me, but it reminds me, it, a good illustration of anybody that has been or knows of Sturgis, the bike rally. Sturgis is a real small, dinky town out in the, the middle of nowhere. Bike So it goes from like 10,000 people in this two-week period every year. It goes um, upwards to six to 700,000 people. It, it just explodes. Think of that same mindset and that, sa that, that same thing happening to Jerusalem around the time of Passover. Lots of people there. So it says, the next day the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out. Hold on a second. So they took branches of palm trees. Uh, another account says that they, they, they took their, their cloaks as well. But the, the palm trees, this is where we get Palm Sunday. Uh, side note, everybody have their, their, their palm branch? Hold up your palm branch. You didn't take one? That's good. All right. So... Understand this, the, the, the palm, you know, wave, wave your palm branch because just as long, right along the, the, the lines of what, what Dan was, was emphasizing us being a child of God, the palm branch signifies and is a symbol of victory. So we live in victory, okay? So you guys can put that down because that's kind of distracting. Um, but they were, they, thanks dad, they were, they were waving their palm branches as a sign of, of, of victory. And they were saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. So it's saying that as Jesus was coming into town, they were, they were waving their palm branches as a sign of victory. And they were, they were saying, saying, Hosanna, which means save us now. This crowd was erupting over Jesus coming in. And it says, and Jesus found a donkey and sat on it, on it just as it was written, fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. So back, let's go back here, pause, let's go back to the room. And John, as he's remembering this, he's telling the guys. And I think at this point, as John's talking about, remember they were, they were saying Hosanna and they were waving the palm branches as Jesus was coming in. He, was, he came in on a donkey. And I think at this point, and this is total conjecture on my point, but I think at this point, Levi, also known as Matthew, and Cephas, also known as Peter. So Matthew and Peter speak up and say, you know what? Yeah, but he wasn't just, he wasn't just sitting on a donkey. We had to go get that donkey for him. Turn over to uh, Matthew chapter 21 real quick. And, and as a side note, why do I think that it was um, Peter, Matthew and Peter who uh, is going to be the ones who went and got the donkey? Uh, just because obviously Matthew wrote Matthew. And then uh, Mark, uh, the, the gospel of Mark also talks about this as well. But uh, the gospel of Mark is written from Peter's uh, vantage point, from the, 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 the stories and the recollection of, of Peter. Um, why not Luke? Luke wasn't one of the original uh, disciples. Luke was a, a, a witness 
uh, a firsthand, like an investigative reporter. So th- that's where my, my conjecture comes from. So if you're wondering, like, where did you find that in the Bible? I- I'm just putting pieces of the puzzle together here. So I'm thinking it was Matthew and, and Peter speak up and say, well, wait a second. Here, here's, how, he, he, here's how it happened. Look at verse uh, 1 of chapter 21. Matthew 21 says, Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethpage, the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples. I think it's Matthew and Peter. I I could be wrong. It doesn't really matter, but it does right now because I'm speaking. Um, Saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord needs them. And he will send them at once. So think about this. So when, when John is, is saying, you know, talking about, hey, yeah, Jesus is coming in. Uh, Matthew and Peter speak up. Yeah, you know, it was kind of crazy. Like we went into, uh, Jesus told us to go into town. And there was a donkey right where he said it was going to be. And not only that, somebody actually came up and said, man, what you doing with my donkey? And he said, hey, the Lord needs it. And they said, oh, okay, here you go. Here's the keys. Right? So it's almost like Jesus knew what he was doing. I mean, so, wow, guys, like, it's almost like, like yeah, Jesus, like, he, he, he knew what was going to happen. Turn back to John chapter 12. I'll, I'll get somewhere here in a minute. I promise. So, in, 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 as they're sitting up here and as they're reminiscing about this, as they're, 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 they're giving these, these stories... And as Peter and Matthew spoke up and told their, their um, specific details, John speaks up again. He's like, yeah, but hold on a second. There was something that was different about some of the crowd. I don't think, we didn't understand it at first, but there was, there was something different about the crowd. Look, look here in, in John chapter 12. It says in verse 16, his disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, Then they remembered that these things had been written about him and had been done to him. So when Jesus is glorified, that's that's beyond him rising from the dead. That's that's after he um, ascends into heaven, after after he's uh, seated at the right hand of the Father on high. So that's way down the, the line here. Well, not way down the line. It's about 50 or 40 days down the line here. But in this time, it says that they didn't they didn't understand all of this. So they're, they're, they're talking about this, and they're, they're trying to put these pieces of the puzzle together. And that's when John says, there was something that was different about some of those people in the crowd. Verse 17, it says, The crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to bear witness. The reason why the crowd went to meet him was that they heard he had done this sign so the Pharisees said to one another, see that you are gaining nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. So what, 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 what John here, he's sitting and he's talking to, to, to the rest of the disciples. He's talking. He says, yeah, there's something different about some of those people in, in, in the crowd. And what was it that was different? And then he's like, oh, yeah, wait a second. Some of those people in the crowd, they were there just a few days before when Lazarus was raised from the dead. Hmm, I wonder if that has any significance. They're, they're, they're thinking about this. As, as, you're, as you're putting yourself into this, and as your mind is starting to, to, to wander and starting to think about this, turn back just to chapter 11 in John. 
I won't go through the whole account, but we'll start in verse 17, but I'll bring you up to speed. Uh, Jesus is told that Lazarus um, is sick and, and uh, he, they, they, he's going he's to die. Jesus said, well, he's not going to die. He's just going to go to sleep. And they didn't understand what he was talking about. <laughs> Imagine that. But Lazarus dies. And, and after he, his death, it says that Jesus went to him. Look at verse 17. I want to read this. And there's a lot here, so let's, let's put your seatbelt on for a minute. Because this is important. Because I think this is a huge influence of this, this crowd with inside a crowd. Verse 17, chapter 11 of John. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard Jesus was coming, she went and, and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. So Martha right up front doesn't say, hey, how you doing? She says, if you were here, he wouldn't have died. It's important. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, well, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. So the resurrection was something that the Jewish people already believed in up to this point. And Jesus said to her, and this is what, what, what is something that we have to really push in and press into here. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Let, 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 those, let, let those words penetrate into your heart right now. Do you believe this? Jesus just said, I'm the resurrection and, and the life. And he says, do you believe this? She said to him, well, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. Jesus has an encounter with, with, with Martha here that is going to change the way in which we um, uh, um, uh, view life. And, and you're going to see here in a second why so, so drastically. It goes on. When she, said, when she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here and is calling for you. And she went, or she, when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, it sounds familiar, right? If you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. Jesus can, can sympathize with us because Jesus has been there where we have been in the darkest of times. When we've lost loved ones, when we're going through some, some, some tough times, he feels that. Jesus is not like, like Clark Kent acting like he's sympathetic. No, he, he had feelings. He has feelings as well. And it says, he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. That was the first verse I ever memorized in the Bible. John eleven thirty five. 35, Jesus wept. 
So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some were of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind men also have kept this man from dying? They're questioning like, yeah, if he was here, he wouldn't have died, right? They, were, they had the same thought. Verse 38, then Jesus deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man said, Lord, by this time there will be an odor for he has been dead four days. I love the, I think it's the, the King James says, Lord, but he stinketh. <laughs> four days, it's going to stink, right? Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, he's, he's praying here, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. It's a good thing he said, Lazarus, come out, because if he would have just said, come out, they all would have come out, right? It would have been like the walking dead, and some of you would have been like, woohoo! Don't watch that crap, please. The man who had died came out, his hands and his feet bound with linen strips, and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to him, unbind him. And let him go. Before I explain this, uh, somebody please remind me in the future that, that, that I want to do a, a, a whole sermon series on that last verse there, or last part of that, that unbind him and let him go. Because I think a lot of times, even when, when Jesus delivers us, we keep the bandages on, and we keep the chains on, and we need to, to get unbound. And it, how does it say it here? It says that Jesus tells them, unbind him. We need to help each other get the chains off each one another. Unbind, get the, the, the nasty straps off, okay? So somebody remind me later on down the road, we're going to do, do that. So when Jesus here, he says for him to come forth, Lazarus comes out. They take the, 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 the dressings off of him, the bandages off of him. He's alive. If you read on, it says that he goes with them. Lazarus accompanies Jesus then. So, so, so think about this. Back here to the, the, the room, the disciples are, 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 are sitting around the, 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 maybe at the table or wherever. They're, they're, they're talking. They're like, the crowd that was, it's in Jerusalem when they were yelling out Hosanna and they were waving the palm branches. And as Jesus is coming in, there was this crowd that, that, was, that was different. And it's because they witnessed what Jesus did. And it says that they were bearing witness. They were, what does that mean? They were telling other people. And by them telling other people, it got the rest of the people excited. They were saying, hey, you know what? You'll never believe that. See that guy that's coming in here on, on, on this donkey? We, just a few days ago, we, he, he was outside this, this hole, and he says, dude, come out. And the dude came out, and he was dead before. Pretty, pretty amazing, right? Anybody ever done that before? Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Pretty amazing. So, so they were bearing witness about, to what Jesus had, had done. Now, why, why do I highlight this? I, I think that, that what we need to look at in the puzzle, piece, puzzle pieces as we're putting this together, and as the, um, the, the disciples are talking about this in the room, I, I think that, 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 that um, what would be highlighted here is, well, why, why, why were they very witness. Why were they excited? Because when they saw that happen, 
And they knew that the dude was dead. They had something that they hadn't had for a long time, if ever. They had hope. Hope entered into those people who witnessed Lazarus coming, fr- coming forth from the dead. They were hopeful. And this hopeful people, now that they're, they're, they're in Jerusalem and they're seeing Jesus come in, they're like, wait a second. The dude that, that, that stirred up this hope and, and, and caused all this to happen, there he is. Hosanna, save us now. I need delivered now. There was hope that was stirring up something greater than the individual's. And I I think that at this time, as the the disciples were sitting around here, they began to realize something. Yes, there is hope. Because, wait a second, I remember what Jesus said. There's something else that Jesus said. Right, like right before we went out to go pray into, in the garden, before um, uh, uh, he was taken away, he, he told us something. Turn to, to John chapter 14. Just flip a page. Because John's like, okay, hey, remember, I remember what Jesus said. He, he said this. He said, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. So, so picture yourself in this room with the, the, the disciples here, okay? They're hiding because uh, out of fear. And they're talking about the, the hope that these people had because they saw Jesus raise Lazarus from dead. And they're starting to think, wait a second, I wish I had that. And John says, wait a second. I remember what Jesus said. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Not might. I will come again and will take you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. And you know the way where I'm going. At this point, I, I, I think that, that they're like, wait a second. This is huge. Jesus said that he was going to go away. But he didn't say he was going to go away and stay away. It says that he's going to go away and then after a time he's going to come back and he's going to get us. He's saying he's going to prepare a place. And because, I love this part, logically it says because he's preparing a place, he's going to come and get the people to fill the place. So here, just think about this. As the disciples are sitting around here, they have this moment, they're like, we have hope. Amidst all this crazy chaos that's going on, we have hope. No one in here has ever been in any kind of chaos, right? No one has had that crazy, my head is spinning, I don't know what's going on, I don't know what to do. This is what was happening with the disciples. It was, a, it was during this time. It was amidst all of this time, like, I don't know what I'm going to do. The, the Holy Spirit, I believe, brought to remembrance this truth that Jesus said. You've got hope. Why do we have hope? Because I'm going to prepare a place for you. And because I prepare a place for you, I'm coming back to get you. If you haven't figured it out yet, the, the, the puzzle piece here is hope. This piece of the puzzle that I want us to see here is hope because there is hope because of Jesus Christ. 
There's hope because of what we're going to talk about next week, what he, what he did on the cross. What is hope? You've heard me joke a million times, hope is not hoping that the Browns win a, win a game, right? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's not what hope is. That is 2018 diminished words, just like love. I love my dog. I love everything. Yeah, whatever. That's not what hope is. What is hope? I'm glad you asked. Hope is confident expectation of a future event. Confident expectation of a future event. Sometimes hope can be um, labeled as arrogance by outsiders. Well, you Christians just think you're better than everyone. Ah, you're arrogant. No, I, no, no, no. Total opposite. We have hope, and it's because we didn't do it. It's because of the one in which we hope in has conquered Satan, sin, and death. That's where our hope is. That's that confident expectation of a future event. As the disciples are, 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 are sitting here and as they're, 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 they're talking amongst themselves, they're starting to get that, that confidence again because they're remembering the words of Christ. I, I love what Paul says in Romans. He says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the words of Christ. How do we build our faith? How do we strengthen our faith? It's remembering the words of Christ. Why is it so vitally important that we read our Bibles? So we can remember the words of Christ. So when we're sitting in the room and we're like, holy bleep, I know y'all, what's going on? We can remember the words of Christ and we can remember that we have hope. I, I want you all to, to, to memorize this question and this answer. Question one of the, of the, the um, New City Catechism, and many other as, as well. Question one, put the question up here, Mike, asks this. What is our only hope in life and death? So just, just, just look at the question. In, in, in the weeks and months and years to come here, we're going to be going through a lot of the, the catechism and everything. But this number one question here, I think, is, is vitally important. Because this, this question here frees us in so many ways. What is our only hope in life and death? If you were to answer that question without knowing the answer, how, don't, don't answer it out loud, but think about how would I answer that question? What is our only hope in life and death? Here's the answer. That we are not our own, but belong to God. Our only, stressing only, our only hope in life and death is that we are not our own, but we belong to God. Well, I don't like that because I'm my own person and I've done this. And I... Deal with death on your own. Now, I'm not trying to be morbid. I'm not trying to be mean. Anybody in here, can anybody in here in and of themselves overcome death? Nope. Uh, I, I read a statistic somewhere. It, it says five out of five people die. <laughs> I, I don't know the source of it. I'm sorry. I don't have that footnote. But we cannot overcome death. What we can do is we can understand that our only hope 
in life and death. Is that I'm not my own. We are not our own, but I belong to God. And as I was putting this together, I, 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 I flashed back there for a second. And I remember that, and I thought about that question that Jesus asked Martha. Do you believe this? Because it, that, that makes all the difference in the world. What, what, is, what, what is the hope that I have? What's my only hope in life and death? That I'm not my own, but I belong to God? If I can say that, but do I really believe that? Because if you believe that, that's what makes all the difference in the world. Because we can, and hear, hear, hear me out when I say this, because I think it's important. Do you believe it and act upon it? Because I, I, I think that what happens, I, I, I really do. Are we okay? Okay. Okay. So is anybody allergic? You got it? Are you allergic? Okay, cool. Because I was going to have an awesome illustration there. If you really believe in God and you're allergic, go grab that wasp right now. <laughs> but, but think about this. So the, the question here is, do you believe that? Do you believe that you are not your own, but you belong to God? Well, I need, I need proof of that. I, 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 need, I need him to show me. What, what more proof does he, does he have to give us? Because the Bible tells us that you were bought with a price. What was that price in which you were bought with it now that you, as believers in Christ, what was that, the, the, the price that was paid for you? His life. So when I see this and I, I hear this and I say, okay, well, what is our only hope in life and death? This is where I can, yeah, I've been called arrogant because of my hope. It's because I understand that I belong to God. And because I belong to God, it changes everything. Everything is changed. Because I know that God doesn't make mistakes, and I know that God cares for his own, and I know God knows better than me, and I could go on and on and on. But three things, and I want to highlight three things, and I'll be done. And we'll roll on out of here and get to whatever you all do on Palm Sunday. How does this change, or how does this truth change things? That's what I want. It's three things. Because if you answer this question, do you believe this? Do you believe that, that you're not your own and you belong to God? There's three things I want to, to highlight here. How does this truth change things? The first, I'm accepted. I don't have to wonder if I'm accepted. I don't have to seek out acceptance from other people or other places or other things or other groups or anything. Because if I belong to God, that means I'm accepted by him. And I don't know about you, but if the one who created everything is accepting of me, I can give a rip less about what everybody else is saying. And it doesn't mean that you go around and be jerked to everybody. I'm not saying that. But you can with confidence say, I'm accepted. Just like Dan had us up here and was highlighting, I am a child of God. I'm accepted by the king. There's no one above the king. So how does this change things? I'm accepted. The second thing, I'm secure. 
Not only am I accepted by God, I'm secure. The devil ain't going to be able to snatch me away. There's nothing that's going to be so traumatic and so damning that is going to uh, affect my life. Are are there things that are going to happen? Are we going to have to deal with, with situations in our life? Absolutely. But what's the worst thing that we think that can happen to us? Death, right? But Paul says, oh, death, where is your sting? No more. The worst thing, Jesus says, don't, don't fear the one who can, who can destroy the body. Fear the one who can, who can send the soul to hell. Don't, don't fear death. Don't go out there looking for it. I'm not saying that either. Don't fear it because you're secure. As a child of God, you're secure. And the last thing, I'm significant. What does that mean? Because you belong to God, you have a purpose in life. God has a plan for you. Don't have, you don't have to like, well, you know, God forgot about me. He don't have any, he can't use me. I'm old, or I'm broke, or I'm this, or I'm that. I've, man, I, I've done a lot of bad things. I don't, I don't think that it matters. The Apostle Paul killed Christians, and God used him in great ways. So if we answer that question, do you believe this, that we are not our own, but we belong to God, it changes everything. And three things that it changes, that you, I'm, I'm accepted, I'm secure, and I'm significant. It's not all about us. So I don't want to highlight us. What I want to highlight is the us in it, like the, the accepting and the, the secure and the significant, is a byproduct of us belonging to him. And we belong to him because he's bought you with his blood.